then yeah, that's something that yeah, you just want to have. You want to you want to care about other people. You want to make sure that you anticipate their needs and so on and so forth. But you know, I got to thinking: is that even like something you could teach? You know, genuine hospitality. Hey there, and welcome to Matamo, a podcast where we share with you and our guests travel topics that push the boundaries in celebration of the human experience. I'm your host, Greg Traverso, and great to see you. Well, actually not see you, but to know you're out there. The one I can see right now is my dog, Rocky, who is laying on the ground. He's being a good boy at this moment, but anything could happen. I usually... uh, kick him out of the house because he barks uh, at the neighbor dog and but today he's pretty worn out you know he's been actually following me everywhere working in the yard he follows me and he follows me around the house pretty much just very loyal great friend uh, and company as you all know you dog lovers out there so the canine experience is pretty awesome too and I got to thinking you know about the conversation I had with Bob uh, last podcast where we talked about hospitality fascinating subject when you think about it and, and you know so much part of, of who we are and it's really you know explain kind of what my thoughts are that it's a lost art and how kind of disappointing it is you know because if you're going to work in the hospitality industry then yeah that's something that yeah you just want to have you want to you want to care about other people you want to make sure that you anticipate their needs and so on and so forth you know i got to thinking is that even like something you can teach you know genuine hospitality yeah i'm i'm not so sure i'm not so sure about that but uh he asked bob asked me a question about hospitality in terms of my experiences and this isn't exactly hospitality in the you know traditional sense maybe but one story that just came to mind uh and it also has it's a great uh, like reflection of the way things work, um, at least my experiences uh, in Africa, like how things can work despite um, not having the resources that we have. And just the kind of tact and the things that can happen and the word of mouth and everything kind of combined into one little story for you, you know. Um, so it's just, for me, it's a little forgotten story almost that just resurfaced as I was thinking about things at post podcast and you know so this is one one memory of, of so many but uh, David and I had you know in the early days back in the late 90s had um, led a group uh, and actually we were planning to lead a group and we were get together we went to a place that we used to hang out it was we called it the office and it was called the F EFF, and it was upstairs, down, kind of downtown, just off of downtown in Nairobi. Gritty, gritty place. Gritty places around it, you know. And there was a hotel there called the Terminal Hotel, and I stayed there so many nights on on my big trip across Africa. It was kind of my base, and next door to the Terminal, there was a bar, and it was a rough place. It it was pretty rough. Um, I used to go in there once in a while. I went in there one time, and I haven't thought about this for years, but I went in there, and there was an English guy, two two English guys, 
and they were they worked i believe in shipping but they were taking a, a little hiatus whatever vacation in nairobi and they were down there and i got to talking to them and you know your gut feeling when you just know something's not right and the one guy in particular uh i could tell he was looking for trouble and I don't know if it was the alcohol or what, but um, I just remember talking to him, and I got kind of caught in this conversation with him. You know, you know, I was having trouble getting out of it, and I knew where the guy was leading. He was leading to trouble. I just knew. So, anyways, I not, there's not much of a story here. It's just something that I remembered, and I know that those things can happen when you travel. But are we ever going to jump into that as far as staying safe and being aware of our surroundings? But not today. Um, but anyways, the Terminal Hotel, down the way, there was a place to get chips, you know, French fries. That was kind of something I would go. But the F was the place. And David and I were there. And they had green walls, um, linoleum on the floor. They had these booths with green backing. And I actually spent so many hours in this place. And we were having a Coca-Cola. We each had a Coca-Cola. And when you order a Coke or a beer, um, you you order either burriti, which is cold, or moto, which is warm. Uh, believe it or not, and cold is not always easy to come by. But, you know, you always kind of hope to be leaning towards the colder side versus the warmer side. And uh, sometimes it'd take a little while at that place. It, I think they would use, used to go out the back door and down the back alleys and find uh, another vendor with colder cokes and be able to bring them back in the restaurant um, but the bottles were are always a really big deal like taking a bottle with you is just prohibited completely like there's times we've tried to buy like a case of beer or something and even offered some extra money it's just amazing how valued those bottles were um, you can negotiate it but it takes a lot and it's, they can be you know people can be very stubborn about giving up the bottles even for a rather hefty price tag. So there's something there about those bottles. And, uh, you know, they're used and valued and recycled. I mean, those bottles that David and I were drinking out of were, you know, vintage. I mean, they were been recycled for years and years, the old glass. And, and as I remember it, you know, it was just a Coke and a moment in time uh, sitting in this place so many years ago. But certainly completely lost in time if I didn't remember the story that kind of goes with it. And um, so then we had our group come. We ended up taking awesome safari, you know, up in Samburu and to Nakuru, Lake Nakuru, down to Masamara. I believe we went on to Lamu Island. Uh, all of these places we go to on the Matamo trip. But uh, so, you know, but back in the day we were, you know, traveling a little more on the budget side, let's put it that way. And but we had planned it well. It was a great adventure. And after a few days on safari, we came back to Nairobi. And we decided to stay not at the Terminal Hotel, but we stayed with the group at a place called the Milamani Hotel. Now, this was an upgrade back then. And this would be like a mid-level hotel at this time period. But you know, for us, it was an upgrade. It was good for the group to stay there. It's a beautiful place, you know, with gardens, but nice place. And we were celebrating this ex exciting safari, and it was David and I and a couple of our 
guys that were we were working with at the time, and it was the four of us, and we were having beers. So this is in a completely different part of town, and you know, it's a few days later, and we're sitting there enjoying a beer or two. I remember ordering some food, you know, and we were just you know, enjoying ourselves. And then the waiter, who was very gracious, very hospitable, very um, in tune with uh, our uh, our program there, he uh, came up when it was time to pay the bill. And the, as the tour leader, he knew to come to me to give me the bill. So I was going to buy the round for the guys and the food. And so he comes over with the little tray with the bill on it, and he handed it to me. And I took that thing, and I picked it up, and there was actually two bills. The first one, you know, on top was the bill for that day, and the one under it was a bill for around 80 cents, as I remember, maybe more like 50 cents. And it was for the two Coca-Colas that David and I had a week before in a completely different part of town in this kind of brawny, you know, little restaurant, like up off in the second floor, off of Tudman Road, and there it was. And he didn't say a word. I figured it out, we figured it out, that we didn't pay that bill. So a week later, it shows up there. Now, how did that happen? Nobody, I didn't think, knew we were staying at the Milamani. How did they find us? How did that bill end up there? And without a word, I just paid that extra few cents and gave a nice tip and thanked them. And that money would have then traveled all the way back across Nairobi, back to that restaurant to pay the bill, a bill that we apparently forgot to pay. So that story right there just says so much on the way things can operate. And, you know, you imagine today's day and age, you know, if you were to forget to pay for a couple of drinks, even like less than a dollar, right, in, in Nairobi. Imagine here what that would what would happen. I mean, would anybody even care, you know, a day later, you know? So, yeah, so just think about that contrast for a minute. I mean, it's pretty startling and, like, mind-blowing to think that if you were, you know, if we were traveling, say you were in a different city altogether and you were traveling and, you know, there's a million people in that city and you end up in this kind of brawny, kind of rough, but, you know, interesting little area of town in this little nook of a restaurant of sorts. And you ordered a couple Cokes, a couple Fantas or something. And you're sitting there and you're drinking it and then you forget to pay. And then you go about your business. You end up, you know, nobody notices you leaving. And but you end up you didn't even know you didn't pay. You end up traveling through your state. You know, you go off, maybe do some camping. Who knows what? You come back a week later, later that day that you arrive, you're you're having this meal in a fancier part of town or a nicer part of town with, um, you know, at a, at a nicer restaurant, and you're laughing, having a great time. And somehow through the channels, through the streets, somehow you end up with a bill tucked under that other bill and nobody says a word. And it's done with such tact and such savoir-faire that you're like so blown away. And it makes you think, is that even possible? You know, and then you follow that line of communication. What had to happen for that to be known that you had left without paying 
You know, it's not like the police were called or anything like that. It's just human communication through the channels, through the streets, that ends up making it to that waiter in a completely different setting in a light years away in some ways. And he just knows exactly what to do. And you are paying that money back, basically, and you, you're happy, so you give him a tip because you feel bad and you want to help, and you know, okay, now that's got to travel from that waiter to whoever brought the message, probably even to another person, and take that money and the receipt all the way back to that other part of town, miles away, and end up in that cash register to take care of business. Anyways, um, that was a lesson. That was a lesson. And actually, that day was the same evening that David and I decided to go to dinner ourselves, kind of away from the group, just to kind of regroup ourselves, you know, and just enjoy uh, going out. And there's an Italian restaurant in Nairobi we especially like. And so we decided to go. So we go outside, we find a taxi driver. Now, the Milamani is like up on a hill. And we get in the taxi, and the taxi won't start, and he won't start. So finally, though, he gets out, and he actually pushes the car because we were on a hill, and we start to coast, and we coast all the way down the hill, all the way uh, very close to the restaurant, as I remember it. And we got out, and maybe he got it going partway along the way, but we coasted for so far. Yeah, for so long, and we ended up there at the restaurant, and... So, you know, we had dressed up a little bit, best we could, you know, wearing our finest, which wasn't much to write home about. But we're at this restaurant, this Italian restaurant. We walk in the doors, and there's an Italian woman sitting there from straight out of the last century, straight out of the 19th century, and all dressed in black. And she looked very much like my nonna. And I just thought, wow, where did she come from? How did she end up here in Nairobi, Kenya, of all places? But the food was great. Sat down and enjoyed a, a really nice meal. Um, you know, back then that was a nice, that was a great treat. And it was dark, you know, by the time we came out of the restaurant. And especially back then, there was lots of street kids. Um, there was something like 90,000 street kids in Nairobi and greater Nairobi at that time. And these street kids would live you know, in nooks and crannies and cracks and, you know, like they would find, and it would be a range of ages too. So you had your teenagers all the way down to, you know, toddlers and maybe occasionally a baby, you know, Um, and they would start fires. They'd burn plastic, they'd burn and everything. And they'd actually have wars with the taxi drivers, um, which I witnessed on a couple of occasions, throwing rocks at each other and so forth. And the taxi drivers would want to chase them away because they chase away business. And But when David and I came out of that restaurant, there was, as I remember, a couple fires out, you know, just people around it and kids. And it was that time of day, it was time of the evening where, you know, maybe it was slightly a little bit of light or the glow from the street lights, whatever it might have been, if there were any uh, from the buildings anyways. And you know, you could see faces, and all of a sudden, these bunch of these street kids started coming over to us. And there was, you know, my memory serves, and Dave actually talked about this story on another podcast, but I'm giving my version. 
which is the same. It's just it came out because I realized it was on the same day as the Coca-Cola incident. And so we come out, and all of a sudden we said, we better get to the taxi. So we move fairly fast to the taxi who was waiting for us. And I remember getting in, and the kids really surrounded the taxi. And they surrounded it, and the driver was trying to start the car. I remember trying to even get my door to close. And the kids started to rock the taxi. So it was getting a little, you know, scary a, a bit anyways. And, they, you know, it started to move the taxi. Nothing crazy, but just enough. And the kids' faces were all in the windows. And then they started chanting, share, 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 share. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. Well, David, a little bit later, told me what happened. Well, he was walking along, and he had a little shilingi, a little uh, change in his pocket, and he slipped it to one of the kids. Well, that's a big no-no, right? Because now he's telling all the rest of the kids, and hence the share, share, share. So we end up somehow, I think that thing made it all the way back to the Milamani, and uh, we had a good evening. And so that was just a day, things that happened, and... uh, it's nice to be able to share with you, and uh, great to be here again. So we'll see you on the other side. Looking forward to so many more podcasts coming, so many more ideas. And along the way, we're going to do a few things different, like I've said before, like right now. This is the deadliest large land mammal. It kills an estimated 500 people in Africa every year. Aggressive pernicious, lethal. It has very sharp teeth. Be the first to send us the name of this animal and you'll receive a nice little Matamo branded gift. Hello at Matamo.travel. And hey, thanks for making it this far in the podcast. It's great to know you're out there. I might know you, I might not, you know, but for that person that kind of emails me first, I think how fun to find a way to get you that Matamo branded special little gift. Okay, I mean, if I can be in Nairobi, you know, 30 years ago or almost and not pay for some Cokes in a restaurant and have a bill show up to me on the other side of town a few days later, and I pay it, and nobody ever says anything, and it gets done. If that can happen, I can get you the gift. Hey, as long as you give me the right address and way to contact you. But anyways, it's been fun. You know, fly life true and live love blind. And hey, odds are with us at least some of the time. 